Welcome everyone to Settlement Nation. I am Courtney Baba, your co-host. And I'm your co-host, Chris Bua. We are both with Independent Life, and we are starting this podcast in order to share stories from both uh, participants in the legal and insurance industries. And we hope that these stories will make you laugh. We hope that you'll learn something uh, that you can implement in your practice, your career, your business. And uh, we, we want to do this quick two-minute teaser just to introduce ourselves, introduce the podcast, and give you a little bit of uh, expectation on what's to come. Thank you, Chris. And as he mentioned, uh, we're going to be speaking with the top settlement consultants in the country, as well as bringing to you some really exclusive interviews with the top plaintiff attorneys. We get to hear about you know how they run their practices and how also structured settlements have helped them. And we're hoping some other interesting stuff that you guys will want to stick around for. So from Chris and myself, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe and we'll get ready for our first episode. Thanks, guys. We're so excited to bring you the first episode of the Settlement Nation podcast. We have an intriguing first guest today. Uh, His name is Michael Upchurch. He is a prominent settlement consultant and entrepreneur in both the legal and insurance and rehab industries. And we hope that the discussion that we had recently with Michael, you'll find engaging, inspiring, and you'll be able to maybe gain a new perspective on certain aspects of these industries. So we hope you enjoy this discussion with Michael Upchurch. So Michael, you are our first guest on the Settlement Nation podcast, first of many, and we had you on for a specific reason. You are a intriguing person within the legal and insurance industries. Uh, For those that don't know, Michael Upchurch was the founder of Independent Insurance Group, uh, the founder of Independent Life Insurance Company, the founder of New, New Life Rehabilitation, which is a state-of-the-art facility right outside of Orlando, Florida. Uh, highly recommend that you guys uh, check that out. Um, with all those things, you have a lot in your plate, and I know a lot of attorneys, a lot of settlement professionals that do a lot for injury victims, but I don't know anyone, honestly, that does more for them than you do. So how do you do it? Well, Chris, that's that's quite the introduction, and, and I'm blushing. Um, you know, candidly, in my own mind's eye, I find it hard to differentiate between the different organizations. What is consistent and what is an absolute foundation of each company in my personal philosophy is that we simply want to help people, and we want to help people who are injury victims. Uh, I was very fortunate to get into the settlement planning industry at a young age and over, call it the course of five years to a decade, I amassed a tremendous amount of experience of of dealing with some of the most uh, complex and, and catastrophic claims in the state of Florida. And, you know, the family members that I had the benefit and pleasure of working with were consistently facing the same issues. That was how do you deal with, you know, first and foremost, the reality of a changed life or a changed dynamics uh, in a family? How do you deal with uh, a potential settlement? How do you deal with funding future care? Where do you go to get that future care? How do you integrate into the settlement, you know, public benefits and collateral sources? Uh, all of those issues and and through those experiences 
I had the pleasure of working with with not only great you know trial lawyers and, and, and claims executives, but also you know working with wonderful service providers. And over the years, I built a network of individuals who you know could help people. And slowly but surely, they they said, Michael, how can I partner with you in a better way to you know bring whatever the services to the marketplace and you know, it's uh, really it was that philosophy that that helped drive, you know, the creation of new life. It helped drive, um, you know, my overall team, which I'm happy, Chris, you're part of it, uh, to to you know create uh, independent life. Um, and I think the record speaks for itself for how you know we are positively impacting not just the injury victims and the, 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 their families, but also the professionals who deal with those individuals, you know, on, on a daily basis. Yeah. So you've talked about uh, how a lot of the things you've started have been in response to things that you've seen uh, as needs for, your, for injury victims, for attorneys. Uh, the average person, the, the idea of starting a life insurance company is probably pretty audacious. So specifically, what led to you wanting to create a life insurance company for structured settlements. Take us through that, take us through the process and, and, and everything that went into starting independent life. Um, well, that's a, that's a loaded question, Chris, and I, and I, and I appreciate it. Um, as you, as you know, you had a, a, a front row seat in, in seeing the project develop over you know, literally a, a decade. Um, you know, the reality is it was a little bit of fear um, and it was a changing marketplace that created the opportunity for independent life. Um, uh, we obviously had the benefit of, of working with some of the best carriers over the years within the structured settlement industry. Um, unfortunately, we saw a lot of those carriers like John Hancock, um, you know, Hartford Travelers, First Colony, um, you know, leave the industry. Um, you know, we saw that, that the uh, underwriting had changed uh, in a very short period of time after the uh, economic uh, collapse of, of 2008. And uh, unfortunately, we witnessed the erosion of the value proposition for structured settlements. And, um, you know, I saw that as an opportunity, and I firmly believe that a company should step up and provide better rates and better economics to these injury victims. And, you know, initially we, we spoke to a number of established life insurance carriers to try to persuade them to step into the industry and uh, ultimately realized that uh, the only way to do it was to go out there and, and, and do it on our own. So, you know, as you know, we, we started that and it was a, a lengthy process to make it happen. Yeah. So once the company launched and, and helped so many people, what were the things about independent life that you found resonated the most with attorneys, with injury victims, with settlement professionals? I think it's just our, 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 again, back to the philosophy that we have with, you know, you know, new life and, you know, independent life and all the other ventures that we've been involved with over the years. It's, it's really that core commitment, you know, to helping people. Um, you know, I think when we uh, were initially getting started, started, whether it was talking to the brokers, whether it was talking to, you know, the attorneys or to the families of the injury victims themselves, it was that core commitment you know, to the philosophy of helping people that, that, that 
uh, allowed people to give us the benefit of the, of the doubt and, and listen to the story. Uh, from there, um, you know, the economics and, you know, our financial strength um, you know, really carried the day. And, you know, if people are open to change, if they're open to, you know, a, a new company, you know, nine chances out of 10, uh, we, we win it. Yeah, that, that, that leads into kind of the next point I wanted to make. Uh, as a new company, it's always challenging in any industry to get it off the ground, to get acceptance. What what things have surprised you about those challenges uh, over the last few years? <laughs> a lot of a lot of surprises, Chris. Um, first surprise is, is just literally how how open you know the the in, injury victims and, and their attorneys are. I mean, overwhelmingly, the attorneys are open to um, the story overwhelmingly they're supportive of 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 the company um, uh, not only is it the attorney or not only are the attorneys and, and the injury victims themselves open uh, absolutely blown away that we are undefeated you know with the judiciary um, that's something that uh, as you know we're, we're very proud of um, we've been involved in some remarkably complex claims. I think the largest structure that we've done is probably in the neighborhood of, what, $13, $14 million on a single case. Yep. Um, that had to be approved by a judge. Um, you know, we, we you know, more than willing to fly an executive to whatever state it is to sit down with the judge, no matter how large the case is, to explain who we are, why we're doing this, and, and, and candidly, the financial strength that's, that's behind you know, the pledges and the promises and the contractual commitments that Independent Life makes. Yeah. Let's switch gears a little bit, because uh, we have a pretty diverse audience that we're building with this podcast. Um, let's talk a little bit about New Life Rehab. Um, talk about how that company's evolved over the last seven, eight years, and maybe walk through uh, a big, a big success story that came from New Life's involvement that may have otherwise never have have happened. Um, well, we have a, a a long list of stories and cases and individuals that we can draw upon for for this one. Um, first of all, New Life was was started uh, because. Uh, candidly, I was tired of, of going to uh, Atlanta to visit Shepherds to see clients who were you know, recovering from their injuries there. Um, there were a lot of Florida clients that were, you know, flown up to Atlanta to, to get their care. And, you know, in talking to the families as well as the attorneys, it was clear that there was a void in the marketplace in the state of Florida for a post-acute care facility that focused on, you know, complex spinal cord injuries and traumatic brain injuries. Um, you know, so, you know, you know, candidly, I'd had some really you know, incredible years back to back to back and was sitting on a ton of cash. And I said, you know what, you know, let's, let's, let's create this facility. So we went out and we hired the, you know, the, the, the therapist team. I mean, candidly, I took a, a Craig Lickblau plan and I said, okay, let's look at every, you know, function or, or domain that's within this plan and let's begin to hire the personnel to make that happen. So we hired the occupational therapist, the physical therapist, the speech language therapist, the physiatrists, the neurologists, and we built a staff. And then we said, okay, now let's go out there and find the clients. Let's find the consumers. Knowing that the workers' compensation community would, would support us, uh, as well as the trial lawyers. And, 
you know, as you know, we have 60,000 square feet, 54 rooms, and initially it was like a bowling alley. You know, the first client that we received uh, got a lot of care. Um, the staff ratios were through, <laughs> were through the roof, and, you know, over the years we've built it up, and um, we've expanded our, our payer source from, you know, workers' compensation claims and, 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 and kind of personal injury cases where there's an agreement to delay payment to – uh, uh, traditional healthcare. So, I mean, we've got contracts with Aetna, United, um, Humana. We do single case contracts with the likes of, uh, you know, Blue Cross, Blue Shield. Uh, approximately 60 to 70 percent of our patients right now are through those traditional challenges, uh, those, those traditional, um, you know, payers. Um, the balance are workers' comp, private pay, and, and then litigation. Um, from a success story standpoint, which was the second part of the question, um, the one that I think we are proudest of is the Dontrell Stevens uh, case. And I challenge every listener to hit the pause button real quick and, and, and um, Google Dontrell Stevens video. Um, you know, what you'll see is a shocking video of a... Uh, you know, young African-American man driving uh, his bike down the road at 8.30 in the morning and is surprisingly pulled over by a police officer. And within three and a half seconds, the police officer unleashes three rounds into his back. Mm. Um, he uh, was in a horrific uh, state when we received a phone call from Jack Scarola. Um, and sight unseen, even though there were, were limits on the case from a sovereign immunity standpoint, we made the decision to do the right thing and take care of this young man. And, um, you know, we candidly saved his life. And Jack, um, you know, pursued a, a claims bill in the state of Florida. And, you know, six years after our initial, um, you know, work with Dontrell, uh, on the eve of, you know, these 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 most recent Black Lives Matters, um, you know, social protests, um, Governor DeSantis signed a claims bill, a historic claims bill, here in the state of Florida that uh, provided for a, a lifetime of care for for Dontrell. And you know, the therapists and the team at New Life played a a major role in that case and. You know, the work of, of, of Mr. Scarola and his colleagues at the CRC Denny firm made a uh, remarkable impact, not only on him, but uh, on the broader picture, I think police forces and, and the way we deal with, with, with their, you know, challenges and unfortunate errors, uh, I think it'll make an impact you know, countrywide. That's great. And uh, again, encourage all of our listeners to check out New Life Rehab. Um, it's I have not seen a lot of facilities around the country, but I would be surprised if any uh, fit the quality uh, and standards that New Life has. It's it's really a remarkable facility. It's uh, if I had a family member that needed those types of services, that would be kind of the environment I would want them to to be rehabbing in. Um, as someone that's known you for so long. Uh, I've had a front row seat to so many uh, reforms and, and initiatives that you've led, and I just want to, for our listeners, go through some of those. Uh, so Michael has been instrumental in cleaning up uh, a lot of the bad practices in the factoring industry. Um, factoring, for those that don't know, is when you go and sell payment rights to a, a structured settlement 
Michael really led efforts uh, on cutting back those bad practices such as forum shopping and trying to find judges that will just rubber stamp these without the proper oversight. Um, a lot of uh, the high interest rates that clients were being charged to sell payment rights, Michael played an instrumental role in bringing those rates down. Um, Michael, uh, you have played a pivotal role in Florida of maintaining the right for a minor to structure a settlement. Uh, you, you had a case in Volusia County where a judge would not allow a, a minor who had horrific injuries, um, not, not, the family did not want that child to receive payments right at age, age 18. They wanted the payments to be spread out over a long period of time. And you uh, single-handedly led the effort with the appeal of that judge's ruling and got that overturned, which would have been a horrible precedent set in Florida and, and possibly other states would have followed. So. Um, Great job there. And then Independent Life obviously uh, was a, a great uh, effort to change the practices of the structured, structured settlement industry. And now we find ourselves in a uh, situation that's ongoing with the uh, Joseph Gargan embezzlement case. Uh, why don't you talk to our listeners a little bit about what you're doing uh, to try to improve the practices of uh, the structured settlement program with the DOJ and then hopefully broader uh, beyond that? Sure. Um before I jump into the Gargan issue, I, I, I want to make it very clear that the work that's been done over the years is is, is with the you know, complete assistance and support of so many different people. I mean, you mentioned that that, that case in uh, you know, Volusia County that involved a, a, a sex crime with a, a, a young girl. Um, absolutely reprehensible actions. Um, you know, Bill Shamfro, who's the attorney that led that. Um, did a remarkable job, and um, you know there's a whole group of people that 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 fought that appeal. And um, you know, interestingly, we did not have support of the National Structured Settlement Trade Association, which I thought was 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 concerning. Um, and yeah, you know, we took that on, we tackled it, and um, you know, look at the end of the day, justice prevailed, and not only was that girl taken care of for the balance of her life, but uh, you know, we preserve the right to, to, to structure fees for minors, as you said, across the board, not only in the state of Florida, but it's a landmark case nationally. Um, and again, I think uh, Mr. Shamfro deserves a tremendous amount of credit for, you know, playing a role in help leading that as well. But uh, getting back to the Gargan case, just like we did with the minors case here in Florida, you know, what we're trying to do is, is, is simply work with a, a broad group of, of, of constituents to kind of you know lead reform and change within the Department of Justice and, and how they deal with um, you know structured settlement cases you know we're trying to work in conjunction with the National Structured Settlement Trade Association you know leading trial lawyers and uh, in, 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 in the various you know trial lawyer associations across America to bring responsible reform uh, to to a a system that enabled um, you know the types of acts where Mr. Gargan embezzled funds from you know the U.S. government and, and, and ultimately potentially impacted a, an injury victim. So um, I think that's one that uh, you know in a very short order we've we've already uh, started to see a a, a, a consortium of, of of people coming together, a coalition of people to you know, present a reasonable change. And I'm incredibly optimistic that, 
here in the coming you know, days, not months, we'll see you know, meaningful reform from that standpoint uh, that will, without a doubt, aid injury victims moving forward. Well, there's no doubt that's much needed uh, with the things that have come out, and uh, that'll be great for people that want justice for injury victims and, and, and the like. Uh, we just have a few minutes left, so uh, what we're probably going to do on a lot of these episodes, as, as I mentioned at the start, this is our first one, um, is kind of ask who we're, who we're speaking with to maybe pontificate or forecast where they see things going over the, maybe the next five years in, in the field that they work in. And you work like we've covered in so many different areas, so you can pick one or all of them, uh, but maybe just give your ideas of where, where you see uh, those, those spaces going, uh, what needs to change, uh, what you hope it looks like over the next five years. Yeah, excellent question. Oh, wow, I wasn't prepped for that one. Um, you know, I think we're all seeing how technology is, is, is changing how people interact with each other. Um, I think this, this movement towards complete transparency uh, and, and best interest is going to dominate. And if you're in the business of, of client advocacy, I think it's remarkably important to be on the right side, you know, 10 out of 10 times. And I think gone are the days of special programs. Gone are the days of special deals. Um, you know, it's going to have to, you know, there, there, you have to have a, 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 a burning kind of desire of integrity, uh, you know, moving forward. And I think that the cream will rise to the top. And, you know, I think that that, that again, transparency and everything will, will lead to remarkable positive change for uh, everyone involved who's on the integrity side of the equation. Well, that's great. Um, couldn't have asked for a better first episode. Um, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, um, how would they do that? Email, uh, social media, to tell them how they get in touch with you, Michael. Um, email me at michael at independent.life. That's the easiest way. And um, as my wife tells me all the time, I'm addicted to it. So uh, I'll, I'll respond back. But uh, uh, Chris, thank you for the opportunity to share my story. And uh, also thank you for your you know 10 plus years of, of you know, being right there and being a uh, critical, critical, critical member of the team. Um, you know, candidly, there's no way I could have done, you know, one-tenth of what I've done without your efforts as well as the balance of the people that are, that, are, that, are, that are part of the overall organization. So thank you. That's very much appreciated. We have such a great team. And uh, over the coming episodes, you'll be meeting so many of them. And uh, we uh, encourage you to subscribe, and we encourage you to continue listening and hopefully uh, laugh, learn, and get a lot out of the Settlement Nation podcast. Thanks so much.